Hey guys, welcome to our program, Small Town Worlds, where we talk about world issues from a small town perspective through a biblical lens. Our aim is to spotlight Jesus Christ and spread the gospel while discussing relevant topics we all face day to day. Hey everybody, welcome back. We are today discussing church words is what I put on our topic. What'd you put? For the oh, topic. I, didn't, I didn't even write. I didn't even write it in my. You didn't label my, it. I didn't write it in my journal this time, and so I don't have a title for it. I just have notes scattered all over the place. But, um, but yeah, church, church. I don't even. I mean, church it, words, it, church terminology. So it, yeah, it's overused words, Christian jargon. I mean, I think all of those are kind of word buzzword, Christian buzzwords. All of those are words that popped up, you know, throughout things that I read and research and stuff like that. Yeah, it's word. We wanted to discuss words. And phrases that are used in church that are familiar to church people that go to church regularly, but people that are outside the church hear those words and sometimes they're clueless, sometimes they're off-putting. Yeah. Um, and so what do, what do those mean? You know, um, what's the should we use them? Should we yeah, not use what, them? What's the objection what's to the them? objection to those words? Yeah. And and you would think that it would just be people outside the church, but even some people in the church, especially the the you know, couple of generations younger than us, mm-hmm. really find some of those things. Um, I don't know if it's just because they've heard them all their life and yeah, I don't I don't really know what the I mean, I've I've read some things that some reasons why people say that yeah um, so a lot of words that we use are cliche um some words are from the bible so we say them because they're found in scriptures when we say those phrases Um, so i was particularly struck by how many of those words and phrases were biblical words and phrases me too and i'm like you my initial response well i'm gonna i'm gonna let me read you what this one pastor said if i can find it yeah um he said he had read a, a Washington Post article that said f- five church phrases that are scaring off millennials. So that was the art. This is basically it's his blog post in response to that. To that Washington Post To that article. Washington Post article. Okay. So he said, my first instinct is, oh, tell me what all of them are so I can make sure to use them all in my next sermon. <laughs> that was his initial response. And then he said, I know that's perverse and twisted, but... Eventually, I came to my senses and realized that there was probably a little bit of um, truth mixed in with that. I really needed to evaluate what those words and phrases were that millennials, and again, this article was from several years ago, but anyway, his point being, okay, let me stop and really evaluate, are there things that I need to change, and are there things that I not, was basically what he did. Yeah. I'm going to tell you one phrase that... um that we use in church a lot that I will not stop saying. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. So hedge of protection. Yeah. That was one. Yeah. Yeah. So we say in prayer a lot, place a hedge of protection. And that actually comes from scripture. It comes from, I read it today and I had not even had this initially on my list. And then I went back and added it because it was in Job one verse 10. And, um, and Satan said it to God. He said, you've put a hedge of protection around him. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so around Job. Yeah. And, uh, and so God said, you know, well, have have your way with him. Just don't uh, kill him. him physically. Actually, yeah. the first oh, time. the first time. And that's when all the bad things happened to Job. Uh, the family, the, you know, where he lost uh, his business. Property. Essentially, yeah. property and, and his children. His assets. Yeah. yeah. So. Another one that I came across that I thought, of course, I'm not going to stop saying 
And it's the Bible clearly says. Apparently that phrase is off-putting to some. And I think that goes back to the objective truth, mm-hmm. subjective truth. And what we know is that the Bible does clearly say certain things. And those things that the Bible clearly says, th- then we cannot stop yeah. declaring that this is the truth of the Bible. Yeah. What I tried to do for my, just in thinking through all of these things myself, like what what ground am I standing on to prove a point? Mm. What ground am I standing on to uh, maintain the integrity of Scripture? What ground am I standing on um, that I might could give way on? And, and I think that's where I came to that place where, okay, those cli- the cliche things that we say, yeah. I'm willing to make some adjustment, concession, at least some consideration to how I could reword or rephrase. Yeah. But, you know, biblical truth, um, we just can't So what? Can't so what's that phrase that you had in mind a second ago? Um, gosh, let me think. Let me see what. I'm blessed. Mm. Um, that was one that apparently is not pleasing to people. Yeah. Um, but one of the articles that I read or, or some advice that was given th- by one pastor said, not necessarily not saying that, but saying it with clarity. Yeah. I'm not blessed because I'm healthy. I'm not blessed because I've got, you know, a job. I'm I'm blessed because I'm loved by God. I'm blessed because I have been accepted into the beloved. Like just clarifying what the blessing is and where the blessing comes from. Yeah. Um, rather than making it sound as if all these good things are happening to me because yeah. does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know. What do you feel about that one? I, I have some guys that had worked for us recently, and they all say, if you say, hey, how good morning, how are you guys there? They say, hey, we are blessed. Yeah. We are blessed. And they are not wealthy people. They are not, um, they're just normal, Hard- average, hardworking guys. They are saying they're blessed, and you know what they're saying right. when they say it. They're saying, I'm a child of God. I'm alive. I'm awake. I'm here. Right. I'm able to work. Um I'm covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's right. Oh, which is another one, by the way. That's, yeah. that's off-putting to many is the, to say that, that I'm covered by the blood. But how how could we stop yeah. saying that? So right. I don't know. Any, anyway, I've just been really trying to evaluate how, how do I not stop yet give clarity? Mm-hmm. And I think that comes in relationship. That comes in um, conversation. That comes in transparency, being willing to to have those conversations with people so that they know where I stand. Like, you know, those guys and you, you know what they mean when they're saying that they're blessed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just finished reading uh, Gregory Kokel's book um, tactics and I, I've purposely been reading it slowly because we've been working through it at church. And so there's been some controversy within our, um, evaluation of the book for all of us. Like we've all been bristled by some of the things that he said. It's mm-hmm. really gone against some of our um, Bible Belt conservative sensibilities. And so, but I really tried to evaluate who his audience primarily is when he's, why he wrote this book, who his personal audience is when he's using these tactics and who the tactics are designed to reach. And so when I, when I've put those things into light, it, I don't know, it just helps me have a little, a little bit of, um, 
grace for him grace for him and and really be able to see the point that he's trying to make and so that's probably a church phrase sorry yeah (laughs) i say all that to say one of his last tactics in the book is watch your language and when i read through some of the words that he suggested are overused and should be replaced with a different word my initial response is no like no, no, I'm not going to stop using the word faith and belief and Jesus Christ. Like, why would I ever? So I backed off and I, I tried to shift lenses just a little bit with regards to who his audience is. And so he suggested that so much of our lingo just sounds like noise. And again, he is specifically targeting or I don't even know if targeting is the right word but addressing Mm non-christians so non-christians progressive christians people completely outside of any biblical knowledge that there are certain words that just sound like noise and I said okay that's probably true Um, he also says that some of our lingo can be misleading and so, again, I had to stop and say what what kinds of things could be misleading. And um, so some of the words that he su- and phrases that he suggested we replace. And so he's not saying stop using these words. He's saying replace them r- with rich synonyms that at least allow you to continue in the conversation. And that's the other point mm, that he's yeah, trying to and make. And that is a good point. So it's not so much that you're that you're trying to um, tickle someone's ears, but rather you are trying to continue in a conversation with them where you can get them to the place where they come to understand the truth of the gospel. And so some of the, the phrases is that he suggested not using the the phrase the word of god and so again i'm reading this with much skepticism as i'm uh you know looking at things like maybe not say don't quote the bible don't say the word of god but rather replace it with words like hebrew text um ancient um bibliographical not i keep saying that word biographical um ancient biographical evidence um, primary historical documents. And so his point, and again, I'm, 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 a, I'm still wrestling with these things myself, so I'm not necessarily giving this Promoting as advice. That. I'm right. just saying this is a viewpoint that really has got me considering this topic a little bit more. Um, and I can see if you're speaking to an atheist, mm-hmm. if you are speaking to an agnostic. Yeah. If you are speaking to a progressive Christian, them shutting you down. I don't know. What do you feel about, like, what's your initial response when I read those those phrases? Yeah, I, I had thought along those lines and not having read that chapter of that book, because I only read about halfway through tactics, and I think I put it down. Yeah. Um, but I did write a question. Is your language sometimes a stumbling block for an outsider? So I wrote that question down, yeah. and it it corresponds with this. And so Gregory answer Kogel's is yes. answer is yes, <laughs> that it does. Um, and so if it is a stumbling 
block for an outsider who wouldn't, then um, then I would probably have to say that I agree with him to a point. Right. I, I'm, that's kind of where we, when we were finished, that was kind of where we landed. Like, I, I agree to a point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I could ever in a conversation not eventually say those phrases, but right. I, I can see in initially right. that initially. that might gain some footing initially in conversation if it's somebody you're going to see again uh, in a in a repeat situation then you could say those things you know that he's saying because eventually you could get you could land on the truth if it's somebody you're seeing in passing maybe in an airport you're sitting in an airport right um then I don't know. I, I don't know to. that I could walk away from them without ever saying. That's right. Could you walk the away Bible, without the Word of God, saying. my faith, my exactly. His, his a couple of other things that he suggested. Again, um, the word forgiveness. He says seems to be have a lot of emotional power. He suggested substituting pardon, clemency, mercy. Mm-hmm. Um, the point being that those words are fresh in, to someone's ears. Yeah. As opposed to and we did forgiveness, yeah, absolutely. And we did a podcast speaking so you could be heard, and and this fits in with uh, with that vein. I mean, yeah. um, but we weren't necessarily focusing on church words. Yeah, his and again, just to kind of wrap this part up about what he shared is that his he says that your goal is to um, isn't to soften the original meaning. We're not trying to whitewash, soften, mm-hmm. um, placate anyone, anything like that. But rather, he suggests really being intentional about some vivid, powerful, precise words for some stale, old religious words that people are so used to hearing that they kind of immediately put that wall up. Yeah, the eyes glaze over. We've you know where before. they're not. Yeah, they're not listening anymore. You know. Yeah. Anyway, so that it's definitely something to. Um, to, yeah, give thought. It is. It has been for me. It's been very thought-provoking for me to consider what kind of words am I using that might, you know, keep someone from hearing what I'm saying. Did you make a list of words and phrases? Yeah. Let's see if we have some of the same same words and phrases. Um, so uh, I put saved. He yeah. or she was saved. Uh, on saved. fire for God. Oh, I didn't have that one. Okay. Anointed in the spirit. No, I didn't have that one. Spiritual gifts. Mm-mm. People don't know what that means a lot. Yeah. Times. Um, plugged in. Yeah. We say that. Okay. Uh, plugged in, lean in, press in. All, that was all on. Uh, yeah, I have that. Praise report. <laughs> no, I don't have that one. I do have. I do have uh, unspoken prayer request. I have unspoken prayer request <laughs> as one I'm not going to stop saying. That was yeah, I mean, on, it was on my. It was on my not stop. Not stop saying either. Yeah. Um, and a, uns, I'm just going to, let's backtrack to that for okay. just a sec. Okay. So unspoken prayer request. When you publicly ask for prayer, but don't share the details, you don't express the need or the situation or name names. Did you have a Bible verse for why you would not stop saying unspoken prayer request? I don't have a Bible verse, but I, I know that God knows. Yeah. I mean, so, that's. I did Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you've shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Yeah. Um, and also, and maybe that's something that, that if you are if someone is new to church or you are trying to lead someone to the Lord and that's a point of contention for them, they don't understand that. One of the, the, the things that I did write down was, I think that there is a way to replace jargon mm-hmm. with 
plain, simple language or be willing to then explain to someone what, you know, if you say I'm blessed, I'm blessed because mm-hmm. um, I am saved from or right. uh, I have an unspoken prayer request because what I know about God is that he already knows what the need is. And when I say that I have an unspoken prayer request, what I know is that there are details to this request that don't need to be expressed. That's right. Because God already knows what the need is and the details of that. What I'm doing in prayer is I'm saying, God, I trust you with this request and I have faith that you're going to act perfectly in regard to how you answer this prayer. And so I don't think it isn't for me always not using a word. I think that there are ways that as Christians we can clarify the meaning of words. We can take the time. And again, in conversation and relationship to yeah. And that may be something people. you could say to a new believer. Hey, did you know what that meant? Yeah. You know? Have you ever, I, just in you saying that, like I've done that to yeah. people that I knew were either new to our church and we That's were right. using terminology that we use amongst ourselves or someone that I knew was new to the faith just saying, hey, what that, what they're talking about is, yeah. you know, and then yeah. that's just, a, and they're like, oh, okay. I mean, I get it. Yeah. For a little short time, I, uh taught the youth class do you remember that yeah I don't know maybe a year or so I taught the youth class anyway uh and I and I do remember talking to the youth hey do y'all know what that meant or did y'all understand what that meant so yeah um for sure uh once saved always saved yeah and that's kind of a theological thing as well but it it is is confusing to people but it is confusing to people and it's a cliche I mean it's said regularly yeah you know um uh I feel led. I feel led is a good um, one. Walk. If it's God's will, I'll pray about it. Those yeah. are some other okay. things Those that we say often. Have. That yeah. Walking in the Spirit, baptized in the Spirit. Again, that's probably a theological one that we we are not going to dive into, but it's it's a term. Um, redemption or found redemption and spiritual wisdom those are some that i have okay i also had sanctification i have that one too yeah salvation witness yes and again this was these were on my misunderstood but i'm not going to stop saying them list yeah witness is also one that i'm not like i'm not going to stop saying those things but i do understand that there would be people that would hear that and not fully understand so i i have that on my misunderstood list yeah but need for clarity (laughs) list um these were a couple of other ones uh when a pastor or a, a teacher says unpack, I'm going to unpack this, or can you unpack that for me? That was one of the ones that was on the list I read. Um, do life together. Mm-hmm. I think we probably say that a lot in church. Well, that's, yeah, there's life groups. So, yeah, yeah, do life together. And again, we are personally not saying these are things that should be stopped saying. We are saying that the within the community that has complaints against the church, these are phrases that are often brought up as not being liked. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Off-putting. Yeah. They're like, we. why do you say that? We don't like that. In fact, the you know we've shared before that Christianity Today is a very liberal publication sure. with very progressive leanings. I, I don't know that I would go so far as to say that they are fully progressive, but they definitely lean toward that tendency. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so these were three... This was this is from Christianity Today, and this was some of their complaints. Their complaint was in this article that Christian jargon is isolating. And, and we I can see that. I can see that too. I can see someone coming in from the outside and us chit chatting with each other and them not have any idea what we're talking about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think about the times within 
a church setting, many of these would have been said in a service. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And Repeatedly, I could see someone yeah. um, being isolated. Uh, another complaint was that Christian jargon often communicates sloppy theology. I don't agree with that. What I think is that it's um, maybe not clearly taught or expressed, but I don't think it's sloppy. Right. I don't think it's top sloppy when we say covered in the blood, washed by the blood. I don't think that's sloppy. Do you? No, not at all. Spiritual gifts, that's not sloppy. No. Um, being blessed, that's not sloppy. Right. It may need clarification to someone that doesn't understand. But Yeah. yeah. So I, I took issue with that one. And then the third one, that it's lazy. Yeah. What does that even mean to you? For them to say that Christian jargon is lazy. Um, I think probably those people want some of that. Again, you know, it's it's that disconnect from the Bible. Yeah. It's a disconnect from the Bible. And so they want some of those terms to to stop or go away or, and I wrote that down. Are there terms that need to be forgotten that need to kind of go away and be, did you have any, be put to bed? I couldn't think of any, yeah. I couldn't think of any that we say that really need to go away. Um, because he, almost everything that's said that I, on the list that I had are things that are from the Bible. Yeah. So I, I came across, uh, several people said this, that the, ta- the, fir- the phrase love on, like we, we're just going to love on them. Mm-hmm. Said uh, they thought that was one that needed to be go to go away. Mm-hmm. Like we could rephrase that in some other way. We want to express love toward them. We want to act lovingly. But mm-hmm. you know, in the South, we say that all the time, not just in church. Yeah, I just yeah. want to love. I'm just gonna love on them. Or I mean, yeah, that's well, a pretty common thing for us. But I guess maybe a Northern person might not be as <laughs> comfortable with that phrase. Um, yeah. And then another one was, and how do you feel about this one? God will never give us more than you. God will never give you more than you can handle. Well, I read a whole article about that not that long ago about that. And so that's not, did you read the same article about it's not found in the Bible? I don't think so. So that phrase is actually not found in the Bible. Oh, well, maybe so because it said, he was just talking about disliking that phrase because it's not a biblical phrase. Now it's based on scripture. And when you read the whole scripture, that is the context you take away from it. The fact that we, I, his point was, and I, and I kind of agree with this, is that we all must come to the place where we realize we can't handle it ourselves. Yes. That's the point, is that God handles it for us, that, you know, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And, yeah. and he calls us to bring our needs and our cares and concerns and, and all of those things to him because he has the strength. And ultimately, he gives us that strength as well. But that's that was kind of... Um, for plugged in. Sorry. Yeah. I had to do it. <laughs> That was kind of his takeaway from that yeah. phrase. Um, you said a moment ago they want to get away from certain phrases because they don't like them. Right. So this was one. Black and white qualifiers of faith such as believer, unbeliever, and uh, and backslider or backsliding. Yeah. I had believer on the li- on, on yeah. somewhere back there. And so the reality of that is that um, that's not rhetoric. Mm-hmm. That is legitimate biblical language right and so i'm i'm i don't want to stop being called a believer yeah and i think that someone that doesn't know jesus christ is an unbeliever and someone that just is new to the faith is a new believer yeah like those are legitimate Terms. descriptors right. you know right. and there, there there is a black and white about some things and i think that's the point of our language is that there are certain phrases there are certain words that that directly tie into scripture and mm-hmm. they are um, non-negotiables. Yeah. I mean, really 
testimony was one I had. Yeah. Uh, so testimony is found throughout the Bible 38 times. It means to give an account of what you saw or what you know. The Latin root is testus, which means witness. Um, Jesus said in John eight fourteen, even if I testify about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I came from or where I'm going. Um, and first John five eleven, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. So I'm not going to stop saying testimony. I'm not right. going to stop saying witness. Uh, neither one of those buzzwords there that are called buzzwords, right. but are really just yeah. actually biblical just, terminology. And Christian lay I mean, you know, I realize that there are probably phrases that we do need to clarify. There are, descriptors and and jargon i mean every every different group has jargon that needs to be explained or taught and there probably are a few phrases that we could eliminate from our conversation that would you know be okay but ultimately there is a truth that we're trying to express and there is a faith and a belief that we have one mm-hmm. um guy made a comment on one of the articles that i read and he said Christians are not sales salesmen. We are not trying to placate everybody that we talk to. Ultimately, our our heart and responsibility is to share the love of Jesus Christ and the gospel, yeah. which is the good news of his coming so that we could be saved and reconciled to God. And so, you know, sometimes that language is going to be off-putting to people because they don't want to hear it, you know. And yeah. um, so in Colossians 4, 6, A very familiar passage says, your speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. And for me, that's what it boils down to. Oh, that's great. Yeah. That if a word that I use keeps someone from truly coming to Christ, then I need to figure out how can I say the same truth in a rich, powerful way so that they can hear me, um, if I say a word like Jesus or Bible and that is so off-putting that they can't hear me anymore, then I'm going to have to trust their heart to God. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm not going to stop speaking the name of Jesus so that someone will hear me. Yeah. I'm not going to stop saying according to the Bible and the Bible. Now, I, I'm, I might can say what the Bible says and then add, hey, that's in the Bible. You know, I think there are ways that we can say it with grace, but we can't ever let it not be seasoned with salt. Yeah. That's, that's the line that we have to draw to not compromise truth. Tell us that, tell us that again. That was Colossians. So that's Colossians 4, 6, and that's the Holman Christian, but it's very similar to New King James. Your speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt so that you may know how to, how you should answer each person. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit's going to be with us and and help us in each situation. Right. Yeah. But uh, but again there's that there's our we have a responsibility in several things. We have a, a responsibility to know what the Bible says. We have a responsibility to know Jesus and know him know him rightly. Yeah. And we Study have a responsibility to be a proof workman. We have a, respons- a responsibility to speak truth. We have a responsibility to pray and pray for people and pray for the lost. And in those things, when we've done our part, we know um, our prayer. I mean, I, I guess we can't say that we know, but our prayer 
is that then God will be able to use us effectively to, to share truth. I mean, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's... Um, Let's move on to the next, the next thing. Did you have, did you have um, anything else? We don't want to have dead air here. <laughs> yeah, I'm try- I was looking real quick to see. Um, and one of the last ones that I would say was the, the phrase that, or the phrase is, God is in control. God has a plan. God works in mysterious ways. Mm-hmm. Those are all f- phrases that we use. But again, that goes back to that biblical truth that we know. Yeah. Our God is in control. We do believe in the sovereignty of God. And if it takes a, a, a longer conversation to explain that to someone that is struggling with that phrase, then, um, you know, we need to be able to express that. But he, he does work in mysterious ways. His ways are higher than our ways. Yeah. Um, and that's biblical, too. Yeah, he does have a plan. He is the God that's in control. And so... And I think the more we know him, the more we can speak that with love and with grace, with a way that that someone wants to know more about that, rather than them being offended by those phrases. Yeah. So we're going to keep saying the things that we say. (laughs) I think that was my determination today when I was going through it again. Uh, Do you feel like discernment plays a little bit of a role in that and having conversation, you know, just being able to what that verse just said. Yeah. Being able to read people. Mm -hmm. um, Hey, I just said a word that they didn't respond well to. How can I rephrase that? How can I explain it? How can I clarify my meaning? Um, That's been my biggest takeaway from this is that, you know, there are a lot of words phrases, jargon, I will never stop saying. Right. But I do want to be sensitive to say them in a way that um, that someone's going to keep keep listening, you know, or to be sensitive to the fact that someone may not have understood or responded well to, sorry, that's our timer, responded well to what I said. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. And we've got uh, something we're working on that's a good topic for next week. So join us next week. Thanks so much.